Welcome to the Warrior Mindset Podcast. We are your guide as you make your way through life, getting better 1% every day. We believe that life is lived and true victory won through adversity. Nothing easy is ever worth it. We believe in the warrior ethos and support those that choose to walk that path. All right, welcome to another one of these things. I'm going solo today. Back to the original format. Uh, really enjoyed having my guests on recently, and I'm going to pick up doing some interviews here soon. I've got a, I've got a bunch of interviews lined up, and I'm really looking forward to getting into some of this stuff with um, some of these other guests, as well as having our regular guests like Aaron and, and Heather and stuff back on. So um, looking forward to getting those going. So this one might be a little more of a even more of a free flow. <laughs> these things can sometimes be but uh anyway that's why you love it right um okay so this one I've, i i've just got some links and some instagrams and random things i want to go through and uh, we'll see if we create like a theme here but this first one um came across from uh, driven mind training what if you traded the next 10 minutes of mindless instagram scrolling for purposeful mindset training man uh that if there's nothing that sort of explains why I do these podcasts and, and this stuff more than this post. I don't know what is, and that's why I threw it in there because, man, just imagine if you spent 10 minutes of time that you normally spend, uh, like it says, mindlessly wasting time on the Internet. Actually, uh, I mean, in the very least, trying to get purpose and meaning out of some things that you mindlessly scroll with, uh, you'd be ahead of the game, right? It's amazing. All right. I want to start off with this Medium article that uh, I posted. I uh, put it in the uh, newsletter. And uh, by the way, if you listen to the show but you don't get the newsletter, uh, please go subscribe. Go to the Warrior Mindset website and sign up for that thing. Uh, it comes out every week, and I like to think there's some useful things in there. Uh, so there you go. But this one, five uncommon things that great leaders do. Um, just my perspective on these things. Uh, the first one, um, number one out of five, they don't have an open door policy, right? So, you know, according to the article, and, and I also agree that, um, you, you know, you sort of, as a leader, you sort of set up this, this idea of come talk to me anytime I have an open door right? And, you know, that, that's generally a good thing, but, you know, one, one, I think that, uh, if you have to make a statement like that or, or set a policy like that, um, you already got some issues. So, you know, a good leader is already solving some of these problems before needing to have this sort of open door policy structure, right? Good leaders understand that constantly communicating with their managers, uh, other leadership, uh, and, and people that work for them or whatever, constantly contacting, constantly communicating, constantly checking in is the way to go. And that, that actually generates a good open door uh, conversational policy, which is really what you want. Um, you don't want someone coming to you 
after the fact of something else or, you know, tattling on something else or whatever um, in that sort of open to you but close to everyone else thing. Um, That's not really how a team works. And if you're a good leader, you understand that you need to be building a good team. Okay? Um, One, it helps protect uh, yours and your team members' focus, right? And it helps uh, your team members become independent uh, and resourceful in solving problems. You need to be, like I said, constantly in front of this stuff and, and thinking about it, not just having a policy for it to come to you, right? The extreme ownership model tells us that we should be on top of this stuff. Uh, number two, good leaders think long-term and promote this thinking within the teams, right? Prioritizing long-term things over uh, small wins and, and quick things is the way to go, right? You always, you have to, and the, the thing is a good leader has a good vision. They have an established vision, right? They're not sort of making that up as they go along. And often if we are just um, celebrating the short-term things, uh, you know, it means that there's really not a lot of long-term vision in place. And, uh, you know, that's what you should be working on. Okay. Uh, number three, good leaders focus on their team's personal growth along with their personal growth as it relates to work. Um, you know, even though everyone's going to tell you <laughs> it's none of your business, um, it is as, as a good leader. Um, you know, unless, unless your team is getting better than they were yesterday, they're not going to be achieving those long-term goals or long-term vision that you've set. Um, you know, and if you're not doing that, then, then what are you doing? All right. So you need to be focusing on helping your team, um, expand their personal growth in whatever area that is. I'm not just saying you, Hey, you know, I set up a thousand dollar, uh, you know, conference budget for my employees so they can go do whatever. Or we got the latest, uh, issue of, you know, whatever magazine for them. Um, I mean, you, you need to be, you need to work on having time to to spend on building the relationships with them so you know what it is and you know what their their thoughts and feelings and, and goals are, right? And you've got to do that for yourself as it relates to their job. And it might be that it relates to something outside of the job. I mean, you don't know what that is yet, but you got to be in there, right? And it's like anything else. If you are not doing it yourself and your team members see you not doing anything, then they are going to uh, learn by you setting the example, right? So you need to be setting and living the example that you want everyone else to live behind you. Number four, good leaders are not afraid to expose their vulnerability and ignorance, okay? You don't have to know everything all the time, right? Um, and you don't have to have everything perfect, right? Obsessing over perfection as a leader is not success, right? We're all people. We're all humans. We all are going to make mistakes. And honestly, if you want to create good managers, if you want to create good leaders, 
you need to give them room, people room to make mistakes. They have to, right? You have to understand your shortcomings in order to fix them. Okay. And by having everything else in place, one to three, you begin to create the great, a great environment where that can happen. Right. Number five, good leaders obsess over execution and processes, not about outcomes. And I agree. It's critical. Um, a good leader is going to study the things that went right and the things that went wrong. Okay. It's easy to just focus on closing the deal or getting the check, right? But you've got to focus on the things that caused the last 10% of a project to be completed. It's the last 10% that's the hardest, <laughs> you know, it's the, it's the, the grungy, grindy, monkey work at the end of a project that usually stalls everything and having a great process that lets you execute well is going to get you over that hump faster and making those things aware to your team is going to get you there right you got to have process in place that lets you envision the end and get there right you got to take ownership that you got to take ownership of that focus on execution and process and you've got to lead everyone to that and again if you're doing that they're going to see you leading by example and they're going to want to be there it's just how it works okay i lead with that article just because uh, i like getting in that mindset of you know why am i doing this stuff because i want to be a good leader i want to lead you guys i want to lead my teams I want to lead my businesses um, to success. And, and I'm always looking at how can I do that? Okay, so one of those was about long-term vision, right? And you get, you get there by having goals. And, uh, you know, this next one, uh, Mark Manson has this good post about goals on Instagram. You can follow the links here. If you're not following Mark Manson, you need to. Um, he's got a lot of good stuff. But um, this one, the truth about goals. So, and, and I'll tell you, I get a lot of questions about goals and goal setting as a, as a coach. Um, a lot of people are confused over what a goal is, you know? Um, and I, I, I have yet to see anything uh, clearly define what a goal is uh, until I saw this post. And he's saying a goal is simply a destination, right? Uh, he has not an equation for happiness. Um, goals take repeated effort for a long time. You need habits to achieve a goal. Therefore, the point of a goal isn't the goal. It's the habit the goal motivates you to adopt, right? I mean, the goal itself is whatever goal you set for yourself, you know, lose 20 pounds, make $50,000, sign three projects, get a sponsor, grow my website by 10,000 page views, right? Those, those are meaningless in and of the universe of you being successful. It doesn't matter. The goal is not about the end state. It's not about the achievement. You can, you get there, celebrate the achievement by all means, but 
it is more about the process of getting there. It is more about you creating the processes, the systems, the habits. Okay? It's about that. It's about that daily activity, that daily grind that gets you there. And in the end of reaching the goal, you have those things in place. And therefore, you can then expand, retarget, change the goal, and achieve even more. A good goal pushes us towards good habits. And the habits are what we or what make us live well, not the goals. Right? So your goals, your goal is probably overrated. Right? Just set it. Set it on whatever. And that's often why you'll hear people tell you that it's better to set a big, hairy, scary goal, right, than just a, a really easy to attain one. Because the easier it is to get to that target, the less likelihood of creating good habits and good systems and good processes for yourself or for your team are. So the bigger, the hairier, the scarier, the more likely that you have to create more systems and processes and habits to get you over the hump. That's the truth. Here's another one from Brett Bartholomew, Coach Brett on uh, Instagram, Coach Brett B. He's a good dude, and I like following a lot of his thoughts. Um, This one, some obsess about the quality of the food they eat and the quality of their sleep to the finest detail, yet need to reexamine the quality of the company they keep. The quality of our communication and community impacts the quality of our lives as much as or more than any other factor, right? Always be mindful of the company you keep. Bam. Very self-explanatory, but also in line with the goals. Like, you know, you let's say you set these goals and you're working and building these habits, but this person you're hanging out with or this person you work with or this person that works for you or whatever is constantly going against you, achieving or getting to the end state. They're constantly trying to pull you out of the routines and habits that you're you're trying to set up, right? I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone who's trying to quit smoking or trying to quit uh, like tobacco of some kind. And then I've seen uh, their other, and I'm using air quotes, friends, like dangling a cigarette in front of them or teasing them with more tobacco or whatever, right? I mean, how many times have you seen, let's say you're trying to get healthy, you're trying to eat well, everyone else saying, oh, come on and come out with us and drink this booze and eat this pizza or whatever. You know, or I've even seen it go so far as like family members sabotaging other family members who are trying to better themselves. Like, like what? You're too good to eat this food with us. So it goes in these weird directions. And, you know, I'm always skeptical of the one post like this one can kind of go there, but it's not as much, which is just like, you know, cut out these negative people. Sometimes you can't cut them out. You know, some, sometimes it's your Sometimes it's the person you're married to. Sometimes it's your children. Sometimes it's your parents. Sometimes it's your uh, your best friend that you've been friends with for 20 years. I mean, you're not just going to flush that relationship down the toilet, but you do have to audit those interactions, and you might have to talk to them, or you might have to limit your time around them until you can get a handle on what it is you're working on. It's very important. Um, you know, and if it's, if it's an employee or a teammate, you, you definitely... 
uh, hopefully have the environment where you can talk about that stuff because it's important. It's important um, who you surround yourself with to achieve your, your, your goals. All right, I want to play this one here. Um, it goes in line with this uh, in a way, but uh, this is from uh, the ever, ever timeless and famous Steve Jobs. I always found something uh, to be very true, which is um, most people don't get those experiences because they never ask. Uh, I've never found anybody that didn't want to help me if I asked them for help. I always call them up. I called up, um, this will date me, but I called up Bill Hewlett when I was 12 years old. And he lived in Palo Alto. His number was still in the phone book. And he answered the phone himself. He said, yes. He said, hi, I'm Steve Jobs. I'm 12 years old. I'm a student in high school, and I want to build a frequency counter. And I was wondering if you had any spare parts I could have. And he laughed, and he, he gave me the spare parts to build his frequency counter, and he gave me a job that summer in Hewlett Packard, working on the assembly line, putting nuts and bolts together on frequency counters. He got me a job in the place that built them. And I was in heaven. And I've never found anyone who said no or hung up the phone when I called. I just asked. And when people ask me, I try to be as responsive, you know, to pay that, that debt of gratitude back. Um, most people never pick up the phone and call. Most people never ask. And that's what separates sometimes the people that do things from the people that just dream about them. you gotta, you got to act. And you've got to be uh, willing to um, fail. You've got to be willing to crash and burn, you know, with people on the phone, with starting a company, with whatever. If you're afraid of failing... Uh, you won't get very far. No. Man, what great advice from the wonderful uh, rest his soul, Steve Jobs. One of my one of my favorite uh, people to follow and study. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. I don't want to spend a ton of time. Um, I don't want to spend a ton of time breaking that down. But but it, I think it, I really feel that it goes in line with with some of the the theme for today. Um, but but think about it. What is something that made this video that that soundbite made you think about in your own life? Um, there's a couple of big things. One is um, one is just acting. One is just asking. Right. One is just doing. Uh, you if you're gonna set goals, I, I see so many people that will set a goal and then just kind of like let it languish there and, and never really work on it. You know, um, I have a friend who's who's uh, not happy with where, where they work. And, um, you know, it's just, I know it sounds, you're going to be like, dude, shut up when I say just go find another job. But um, it's not, when I say that, it's not just go find another job tomorrow. I know it's hard, but it is actually doing the work, doing your, creating your resume getting it looked at by someone who's who's a professional who's knowledgeable looking at an industry you want to go in looking at other jobs going and networking right meeting other people uh, that could probably help you asking just straight up asking hey I would like to work here what's that look like um, and there's lots of reasons why somebody wouldn't do that but you know you've you've got to start and it's like he says, um, he's never really found anyone that would say no. I mean, most people are going to want to help you. And especially if you frame it in uh, in their expertise, if you frame it in the, in the sense of like, hey, I know you know these things better than anyone else. Can you help me look at these things? 
they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna fall over themselves to show you how awesome they are. Um, that's how people work. Um, and the other is uh, failure, right? It goes it goes hand in hand with just acting. Um, you know, one you have to take action. You know, you can't start anything without some sort of beginning. Everything has a beginning, um, and you are going to be at ground zero. And who gives a shit, right? Uh, and I think that's where a lot of fear comes from. Maybe you fear looking bad or you fear starting something because you know there's a lot of work. Uh, you know, I don't really care what it is. Um, you know, you've got to do it. Even Steve Jobs, you know, before he died, was one of the richest men on the planet, you know. Um, Apple computer, Pixar, uh, Next Computer, everything he did. This this interview, I think, is from right around the time when he was working on his uh, Next Computer system. Uh, which was after he was uh, ousted from Apple and right before he went back in. So it's a brilliant story if you've never dug into that that part of his life. Um, but uh, you know, that it's that it's you just have to be willing to fail. But you know, even him, he didn't start he didn't start there. He didn't start at Apple. You know, he started with a hobby and he built on it and he just asked. You know, and I don't know that he's super audacious. I think he's just. Uh, I think he was just a, a normal person that just kind of talked to people, you know, had that had that sort of personality, um, you know. Uh, all right, so let's see here. Shifting gears a little bit, but, uh, you know, this is the warrior mindset, so we always want to uh, outfit you with things and maybe some things you haven't looked at before uh, that can be helpful. But this one right here, I heard this on... Um, a recent, very recent Joe Rogan podcast. I think he was talking, he was talking to Action Bronson of all people, um, which is interesting. But he brought up this uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, the Four Agreements. So it's from the, it's from this book, a self help book. Uh, let's see, if, it was it was like the late nineties. But uh, the Four Agreements, a practical guide to personal freedom. Um, and I'll just paraphrase here. Uh, so I went out and I grabbed this real quick. It's it's kind of a small book, but um, the four agreements. So agreement one, be impeccable with your word, right? Um, so, you know, do what you said you'd do, right? Um, do, do the things that you say you do and take responsibility for it, right? Um, so it, it's sort of like speak with integrity and speak carefully. Uh, so, you know, don't say dumb shit. I mean, like we've we, like like just like like Joe Rogan said, I mean, we've all said things that we shouldn't have said. Um, but, you know, are you just is that just how you are or are you actively working to be impeccable with your word uh, to to, are you working to actively speak with integrity and speaking carefully, you know, and you don't have to be perfect, but it is something that you should work on. But agreement one, be impeccable with your word, because it's all we have at the end of the day. All we have at the end of the day is how we act um, and the things we say. So doing the things that you said you would do, being honest to yourself and, you know, not talking shit about people. Agreement two, don't take anything personally. Super duper hard to do and something that I fail at repeatedly. But, uh, you know, if you don't think, take things per- personally, right, 
oh man, you're just going to be way better off in life. You know, I mean, a lot of times we, we project our own shortcomings into what other people are saying or doing and we make it about us. Like there's so many articles about like being ghosted and, you know, it's happened to me a lot. And it's one of the things that really, really drives me insane uh, when people uh, just don't respond to you or whatever. And you often go into the spiral or I do of like, well, what did I do to piss them off or, or how do I make things better the next time we're together or whatever. You know, if I can just learn to not take that personally, right? If I can just learn that it's it's probably about them, you know, they probably have something going on, you know, um, that that's what it's about, and I'm going to be better off, you know, I'm going to be more mentally stable because of that. Uh, agreement three: don't make assumptions kind of goes hand in hand with that but it's also super important i don't know how many times i've heard something from a client or heard something that someone else said about something i'm working on or whatever and i immediately create this like narrative in my head about like how it's all going to go down and and their motivation um man that's dangerous right It, it is um that's a great way to, to get into misunderstandings and creating drama, you know, and that is something that we can definitely uh, all be better off in our lives not having is misunderstandings and drama, right? Number four, always do your best, right? I mean, damn, how many times are you just like not doing your best? <laughs> how many times are you like actively, knowledgeably doing the minimum? You know, I mean, that's a hard one. You know, it's tiring to always be trying your best, but we always have to do our best with everything we do, you know. Um, and it is the best way, that is the best way to avoid self-judgment and regret, right? If you just, if you do the first three agreements and then you apply number four and do them the best you can, you're going to sleep well at night. You know, you're going to sleep well at night knowing your heart is in the right place, you know. And I've got a story uh, I'll share about this one. Um, this was uh, this was a little while back. And if you're part of this community, and some kind of weird um, nexus crossover where you're part of this community and you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, come on, I'll buy you a coffee and we'll, we'll go and uh, sort things out. But uh, I had made a... Uh, I had seen that there's this company called GoRuck, which I'm going to get to next with this thing that they've just put out. Uh, one of my favorite companies, uh, GoRuck, GoRuck, and they make these um, backpacks and sort of in the spirit of these World War II, uh, World War One or World War, World War II, I think, uh, military-style backpacks, and they do these things where they call them rucks, um, where a group of people will go out and do this uh, big physical uh workout session, uh, event thing or whatever. Um, uh, anyway, you go look them up. I'll, I'll link it up, but, um, they'll go out and do that. And, uh, so anyway, they, this was during the early months of COVID. They, you know, it, it's, it, and it is now you can follow the science on it, that it's a, a known thing that, you know, cardiovascularly healthy, uh, you know, Exercising, eating right, uh, builds your helps build your immune system, and it's a way to protect yourself from 
uh, things like COVID, and and that that's just that's just out there. But um, so you know, GORUCKS, uh, they're all uh, you know special forces uh, cadre. They're all ex special forces members. Uh, you know, Green Berets, Marines, SEALs, uh, Rangers, and they believe in that. So they they put on these uh, RUCK group events. And one of the things they did was like a, a do-it-yourself do DIY style rucking event because they weren't doing their, their big group events that they sell. So they put up uh, a, a system where you could download a Word document and use their, um, their stuff to make your own uh, ruck in your own city because they don't always come to every city. And so it was a DIY thing. They gave you all the stuff for it. I forget what the thing was called, but uh, anyway, so I I snagged it and I went around with a friend, a couple of friends, and I went around Columbia, uh, where I live, and I made uh, like a thirteen mile course. You know, I wanted to do something that seemed, you know, it wasn't too crazy, but it seemed kind of kind of nuts because most of the other ones they were that people were posting were like three or four, five miles at the most. So I, I did like this thirteen mile one, went all like it circled the whole city. Uh, it was pretty fun, and I just kind of, you know, snagged their their documents that they put out there and slapped it up on the internet. Um, didn't really give it much thought, and uh, you know, posted pictures and stuff from us doing it, and I just kind of threw it out there, and so it picked up some momentum and, and got shared a few times and got shared in a couple of uh, uh, big group areas uh, on on Facebook that's in the Columbia area, and <coughs> excuse me, and I don't really understand. Even to this day, I've tried uh, what happened, but some uh, some like ruck group leaders, I guess they have like groups uh, where you know people get together and do this stuff, which makes sense, right? I've, I've seen it. Um, I've tried to start one um, at at the my gym that I own, but um, you know they just weren't really into it, but. So a couple of these people saw my post and then uh, accused me of plagiarism. Um, and this is coming back to this always do your best. And I was like, what? Um, I don't understand how that worked because, you know, GORUCK provided stuff for you to use. So, uh, you know, thinking back, the only thing I can think was that I called it uh, Ruck Around Columbia, and I didn't call it Go Ruck Around Columbia. I, I don't know. But they, they accused me of plagiarizing Go Ruck's documents and trying to pass it off as something I invented. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the whole point was that it was a DIY thing. So anyway, uh, I actually submitted it to, to GORUCK, and they made it an official, with all the same stuff, and they made it an, an official course for Columbia. So, you know, GORUCK didn't mind. But I guess a couple of these group leaders didn't like that I wasn't in their groups or was maybe they felt like I was creating a complimentary group or something. I don't know. But whatever, the whole point is that I was doing my best, right? I was doing my best to contribute, and I tried my hardest, and I knew what was in my heart. So I didn't really miss, I didn't really skip a beat with it. I just got on with my life. And, and I know you're like, dude, no, you didn't. You're talking about it now. It's like a year and a half later. 
True, it still feels weird, but my point is I don't really lose sleep over it. I mean, honestly, I don't. I, I only thought about it as I'm going through this uh, episode talking about doing my best and making this transition to uh, this next thing on GORUCK. It's really what made me bring it up. But, you know, my point is that if you're always striving to do your best, you're going you're gonna to know where your heart is and you're going to feel okay with it. And other people's judgments are really not going to bother you because the grand scheme of things, I really don't give, I really give two shits about what, you know, these people's opinions are of whatever, because I, I just don't care. But always do your best. Know where your heart is. You're, you're going to sleep, sleep better. All right. So, uh, talking about go rug, they just put out their movie. I don't know. their documentary on the there's the selection that they do it's called the standard and it's out on hulu it's out on prime it's just about everywhere you can go watch it um and it is awesome it's about their uh, 48 hour challenge and um it's it's incredible they got like uh it's it's the the documentary on class 19 so it was 2019 uh i think in 2020, they had a black class, which means they had no one finish. But 2019, I think they had uh, they had one person finish, which was incredible. Um, but if you're into this kind of stuff, you should you should really go look. Um, it was like I don't know, 100 people or something uh, showed up, and only one finished it in 24 hours. It's an incredible physical feat of uh, endurance and mental fortitude. Uh, you should really study it, not just for you know workout fiends and people who like to suffer. But there's some interesting personal psychological uh, things you can pick up on. One of my favorites is, uh, you know, it's getting shit. I think it was like halfway through and there was only like two people left. But the, the Jason McCarthy um, was uh, interviewing the two people who were still left. And, and he was like trying to figure out, uh, I mean, you know, and at this point it's like, it's like, a day, a day and a night in, and they're they're all impressed with these guys. But they're they're interviewing them, trying to figure out where they are. And, and the one guy who uh, didn't finish out of the two was like, you know, he's like, well, how do you feel on a scale of you know one to ten or whatever? And the guy was like, well, I'm at a nine, and you know, my legs are cramping, and it's just wet, and everything's heavy, and I'm exhausted and hungry, and I don't I don't know, blah 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 blah. You know, he's like, but I but I've got this or whatever. Um, you know, and, and and he walked away and was like, "Yeah, that guy. I don't know if that guy's gonna make it." And then the other guy, uh, who actually had like an injury, was just like, "I'm fine, no problems." You know, twelve hours ago, I got this. You know, whatever. And he was like, "That guy's gonna make it." So even you know, even then, even these super tough human beings, even at that point where you could begin to see that the personal the internal dialogue that they were having with themselves and how important it was uh, to push through something like that. Um, it's, it's super, super interesting. And, and having done a, uh, a, a couple of uh, 72-hour um, physical, mental endurance tests myself, um, personal, I can tell you firsthand, personal self-talk is uh, incredibly important. And if you start... Uh, the the fun term is feeling sorry for yourself, which there's many layers to that. But when you start going down that path, 
uh, it's, it's not going to look good for you. And that happens in leadership roles too. And that happens in, you know, this early, earlier things that we're talking about, things that great leaders do. Great leaders do not let negativity run amok. They do not let personal, um, internal negative dialogue kill them. They do not contradict majorly in these things in the four agreements that, you know, they tell their team the truth. They listen to the truth. They don't take it personally, right? They're not making assumptions about what their team's doing behind their back. You know, they're taking it on face value and they're making adjustments and they're always doing their best. and They're always encouraging their team to do their best. You know, great leaders. Uh, yeah, that's about it for right now. Um, I wanted to just kind of try to dra- drag that narrative through and uh, tell you about the standard. So, um, cool. If you have any questions about leadership, uh, if you just hate the things I said, <laughs> or you want to add to it, hit me up on our Anchor-based uh, uh, podcast, which is on Spotify. You can get to it, and you can send in an audio uh, statement or question, comments, complaints, or concerns. Always want to dig that. And until next time, get after it, y'all.